Welcome. This is the second season of the Wine Draw podcast. This season, we hope to bring to you many interesting stories, great wines to sip, and good conversation. So get your glass, get your particular type of wine, your little treats, and sit back and listen. We are at part two of the Wine Draw, talking about rosés and white wines. Once again, I have my team with me. I have Taylor and Mr. K. Um, and we're going to, this time, discuss rosés. We have two that we have um, been engaged with. Um, one is from the Italy-France region of the world, and the other is from Spain. Um, and the region that it's from is a very popular region. They make they have several vineyards in Jamela. Is that how you pronounce it? How I heard it was Shamia, but if Jamia gets you the bottle, that's all that matters. It's just like my name, you know. Some people say Renee, some mm-hmm. people say Rene. You know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. As so. long as you get the bottle you're looking for, I think you pronounced it properly. That's the one. Uh-huh. Um, the first one is. Um, a 2020 Fleur du Mistral. Um, and so Fleur is flowers and Mistral is notes. And it, for me, it has that type of um, ambiance, mm. for lack of a better word. It's Symphonic. floral. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, there's a, there's a hum to it. <laughs> floral and symphonic. I got you. <laughs> um, the other one is. Uh, I like this as Andre Vera. Um, it's a rosé 2020, but I picked this particular variety up because of the label. The label is striking. Um, if I could find a way to take off the label and put it in a frame, I would, you know, because I think it's very nice. So let's start off talking about what you think of this wine and. Mr. Cat, what do you think? Which one is your go-to? So, when, let me get the mic back up to my face. <laughs> we're close. I, I pulled the wine and the food close to me and I just acted like I didn't know what I was here for. When someone asks me what my favorite wine is, the answer is yes. Um, I feel like there's a wine for every occasion and every season. So, the Fleur de Mistral is um, more classically French style, which is going to be more restrained, more faint. Um, lower ABV. Yeah, I, I got rid of I got rid of the other one. We got rid of refined. Yeah, no using restrained. Yeah, um, subtle. Maybe we'll say. Okay, I yeah, like that subtle. better. Subtle. Here you go. The, the more user friendly. Yeah, the the and that's what it's about. Um, the fruit notes are there, but they're muted. The acidity is there. It's nice. It's very light. Um, when light wines are light, they're either bouncy or feathery. This is a little more feathery. Um, I, it makes me okay. reach for want to reach for shrimp or little neck clams or oysters, which I eat way too many of. And my doctor's after me about my cholesterol, but that's all right. Clams um, are fine, though. You know what? I'm going to switch. I'm mm-hmm. lying. I said I switched, but I'm going to still sneak the oysters. <laughs> the Honor Rivera, Spain, for the old world wines, they're very different, I find, because you're going to taste earth before you taste fruit. 
Some of them, the first time I had them, I had a really nice burgundy wine from France and it tasted like peat and dirt and that's what it was supposed to taste like and I didn't know that was what it was supposed to taste like but getting into the earth is a lot of fun. I find the Spanish wines, they have a boldness to them. Um, and like the country and the people. There you go, that's a fact. <laughs> this one is a really good, like red wine, they call it wine of, wine of arrival. A lot of times people don't start with it. They start with either sparkling or white and they go up to it. This is a good transitional wine and I feel like it's an all year rosé because it's got some darker notes to it and like deeper berry, a little bit of melon, almost like a little red pepper. I was looking up the grape and Jumia, they grow a lot of um, Monastrel or Garnacha. This is actually Tempranillo and Tempranillo is Spain's most important grape because Tempranillo makes up Rioja. But it's Tempranillo and Syrah, which Syrah I love because California, Australia where they call the Shiraz, um, Rhone, Southern Rhone in France, every single one you have is so different. and. Um, so the Ono Rivera is going to be a little bolder and richer, and for that, I think I may like want like a spicy Thai dish or um, a friend of mine who's a chef, um, Chef Rob. Do a shout out to Chef Rob, awesome chef. All the shout outs. Yeah, my God, I got to keep the connections going. Yeah. He did watermelon tempura, um, and I think my mother kicked me out and adopted him because it was <laughs> slamming. This would go so well with something like that, or like a stuffed pepper. Or, um, okay. yeah, um, they different applications for both. The Fleur de Mistral, I'd probably be having my last couple bottles of, and the Honor Rivera would take me through kind of September and October, like if mm -hmm. we're talking like season wise mm -hmm. and temperature. This would, this would end shortly. There you go. There and you go. That would continue on through, you know, the first of the holiday season Bingo. or something. Bingo. Um, yeah, so I could see doing that. Um, that one, the Henri, or Henra, um, bad at pronunciations, except for my name. Um, <laughs> um, I like it because it's something that I think that I would need to, to pair with something. I don't mm -hmm. think that I would drink that by itself. Not a quaffer. Right. A um, the, the, my interest in rosés are the way in which they are made. They're made from red grapes, but they've been processed, not pro they haven't gone through the total process of uh, extracting the, the juice from the skin. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that I like that one because it gets it at the right point, you know, it takes it away at the right point. Um, I would also look at that one to be something to bring your conversation in, Taylor, of mixing. I could see mixing that one um, in a sangria, right. a wassail. <laughs> you know, we talked about that. <laughs> um, this one, I just think, would be really good by itself. Yeah. And once again, I would do this with a bowl of buttery popcorn. Okay. <laughs> How about I you, like Taylor? That. I like so, that <laughs> I'm not a big fan of things. Um, I said it. Uh, I, I sit firmly on that. Now. Respect <laughs> you for saying it because it seems like if you don't like them, you can't like. Hang like, out with you people like now red wine? So I respect that. Okay, so I love a red wine. I love a white wine. You would think, oh, we can meet in the middle. <laughs> I don't like it. It just—it's never—it's never been one that I've reached for, and I've tried a couple, and I'm just like, there's. 
it's a there's a pucker and like a fake must to me. Mm. Um, I'm sure this is going to get me like X'd out of my gen like millennials like summertime. You can't do nothing with nobody, um, which is fine. I will have my Savion Blanc now that I have my final one that I like. Um, I I'm not going to even try to pronounce these two, but the this one from Spain is definitely to me a mixing this is I would if I really don't like a, a wine by itself my initial reaction is to mix it with either another wine with a spirit with ginger ale because ginger ale cannot go wrong um, and, and you make your own ginger ale right <laughs> no <laughs> I go and I grab in the dry um, but the those French wine I could definitely drink it's it's more palatable to me, um, and I can see the seafood like like having it with like a light seafood, like an appetizer or something like that. It would cut through, it would cut through some of like that richness in the oyster or whatever, or the oysters or whatever. But if you said you get to pick any kind of wine, rosé would not be at the top of my list. Neither one of these, but rosé in general. Okay. And that's I mean, and we talked in part one about you know about it's a culture thing, right? Um, like you had mentioned about Merlot, it seems to me as if rosé is the Instagram line. Um, and I say that because I can scroll, every summer I can scroll and all I see is pink and rosé, pink and rosé. And that's not an issue, hey listen, drink what you drink, drink responsibly and enjoy everything that you put in your glass. But the rest of the year, you don't really see wine. Sure. I don't wow. really see many good people point. posting about wine until you get to like in the spring, like, like the weather starts to heat up, and then it's like everything is rosé. And then in the September comes and it's like, um, we'll come back to drinking with you next summer. So it's very interesting to talk about culture, and I see that with more people my age, um, we drink spirits all year, mm -hmm. but right. wine I see a lot more of the rosé. In the summertime, sure. and then no other kind of wine. Like right, red, I think like red wine. And as soon as you said that, I thought red wine, macaroni and cheese, and like beef stew, lamb beef stew, stew, but also like slow like R and B music. There you go. That's what you. That's what I think. It's a, win, a, it's a winter yes. summer. It's a, it's a fall winter drink, right? I don't need to. I'm not gonna post about it, but that's my that might be my drink of choice. Uh huh. But when you put, when the mac the baked macaroni and cheese gets put up, mm -hmm. we'll visit that on another holiday, and you know we can lighten the music up. We start get ready to go into hot girl summer. Let's pull the rosé out and take all of the pictures. And so it's just interesting how like when you said when you said red immediately I thought comfort food mm -hmm. and army music. I mean I drink red wine all year round. Me too. There you go. Same. <laughs> There's no season that's like, this one's better in here. I will drink it today. And I drink rosé and white. And rosé and white wine for me come in the same lane. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that type of thing. And I would choose a rosé at any time of the year over a white wine. Really? Yeah. And I think that's because I see the red grape in it. You know, opposed to, to me, from a red grape, it's just not 
squashed as hard. <laughs> so that's where it comes, that's why I like what you said. So, um, Dr. K, I done changed the mystery. Wow. Not another dash. My time keeps increasing. I'm going to take it out. You went from Mr. K to Dr. in all the five minutes. You know? Wow, my sister would be upset if she'd be like surprised how long it's going So, since you are our expert, um, what's the process and how do they, can you tell us how they come up with rosés or what it means or, you know, can you, sure. can you, can you look at your um, favorite red grape and say, okay, I like a Malbec, okay, so mm -hmm. now I'm going to like a rosé that's a Malbec. So, so what's the process of getting to a rosé? So I would say kind of continuity from red to rosé, I've never found. I've never found that they necessarily related. Like I love Rioja, Tempranillo's is um, what makes it Rioja. This to me is totally different. Um, with the quick contact of the skin of the grapes, it gives just that hint of tannin and that hint of color. Um, but the process is just, here's what I would say. If this were a red, that red pepper would be black olive. The watermelon would be a dark cherry. Um, but I can't, I only know that because I've had both. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay, I don't yeah. necessarily think one suggests the other. And to its popularity, um, kind of things that make alcohol, alcohol popular is kind of what I spend my time doing. That's kind of how I make my money and it's such a conundrum. Sex in the City and Hip Hop, because that's the soundtrack to American life, um, pretty much. Um, Rick Ross was a big reason. Um, yep. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky Rose, Rose, you started hearing that a lot. In the summertime, Rick Correct. Ross is summertime music. Always summertime music, that's yes. a fact. And um, it started with the Rose Imperial, um, the Moet Rose Imperial Champagne, because mm -hmm. kind of when you're hip-hop kind of club focused, it was always sparkling. Mm -hmm. Then the rosé all day meme was a big thing in a hashtag. And it became people's kind of entry point. Moscato was maybe, you know, about 10 years ago was people's entry point. That's, yes. Um, rosé kind of took over in the late 10s, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it's held on. And rosé season, be, like, like you said, you don't see the posts. I see red wine posts, but it's because they're from my friends who work in wine. They're, and they get a lot of impressions, but they're from a small community, not the general public. Um, it hasn't reached critical mass. Um, rosé season is something that wine drinkers look forward to, and now kind of everybody looks forward to, because they come out at one point, and they release them, and then that's it. So the seasonality of it, I also feel like kind of... Whenever something is, I guess, less available, people want it more, oh, whether they like it or not, you know what I mean? Um, but the popularity, of course, what happens is driven the price up of a lot of them. Yeah. So the two that are here, I really think, are good representations of bottles that are under 15 or even $10 that are really, really solid. The other thing from the culinary world is a bottle called Domain Ott, O-T-T, and it looks like a, a bowling pin. It's like a $40, $50 bottle. Um, it sells out like that. Um, I've had it. It's lovely. I 
think I was more impressed with the people I was around when I was drinking it. I didn't pay for it. I was on a wine thing. I was on a thing they gave it to me. So let's not get it twisted. Okay. Hey, what's the name of that? You know, but let's say I had ten thousand dollars to spend on wine and it didn't matter, and I could buy that or what we have here. I'd buy more bottles of what we have here than less bottles of that. Um, but it is something if you get to try it. Domain, it's usually like fifteen bucks a glass on this. That just in the wine world got just crazy popular. I'd say like 2010 and Rick Ross 2011, 2012, and that's kind of when Instagram started getting really, really popular. You just kind of had this kind of critical mass and confluence. And now, most people, if you ask them why they like rosé, they probably can't even tell you. But or do they know what rosé, how how, it, it, how it's made, right? Right, or where it comes from, or are they into the grape that it? No. Do you remember blush wine? Like when they be labeled blush? Blush wines would literally be a red, a white with some red tapped into it and they okay. bottle it that way. Okay. Um, white Zinfandel, that's another thing. Um, white Zinfandel used to be everything. And white Zinfandel... is a sweet one. It is. It's sweet. I've never had a high quality one. That's been my experience. Now Zinfandel, red Zinfandel is awesome. I can do that all day long. But I only like red Zinfandels from Lodi. I don't sure. like okay. red okay. Zinfandels from any other place but Lodi. I guess that's, and I always look at the label to mm -hmm. see where it's behind. I love Lodi. I watched her body. <laughs> Taylor was talking about, um, you know, generationally how people are willing to transition and change. Lodi is made up of a lot of young winemakers who are willing to do things differently. And they also say it's a good place to visit in California, because I've heard Napa is just such a tax. Love you, Napa, no offense, but it's a budget Napa vacation is not something that exists. Right. They say you can go to Lodi and really get the full experience and meet the winemakers and get a lot of access because there's not this kind of iron curtain yet. Um, so, rose, it represents young, fresh, vibrant, also fickle. All, you know, all of those things, if anything, brand new. You, know, you got to take the, the good with the, with the not so good. I drink it all through fall, all year long, and kind of the next step is, uh, is what they call orange wines or natural wines. They're what, some of the white wines, they leave the skins on and they get like this orange kind of golden hue. Um, let me bring you one of those next. And we're going to talk jam. about orange wines in another one of our sessions because I did go out and buy a bottle of orange. Oh, sweet. Orange. Nice. I did. Um, I haven't, and I meant to bring it, but I said that's going to be kind of Yeah, it would have been too much. We'd have been too right. much, yeah. So, <laughs> the next time we get together, maybe I would like to do orange wine right. and sake. I mean, that's where I'm going. Sake class would be amazing. That's where Very I'm going. Very misunderstood. Yes. I've never had sake. I took a class, and the gentleman who taught it is named Garrett Oliver. He runs Brooklyn Brewery, which kind of started the craft beer movement. And he's a brewmaster of color. And he wrote a book called The Brewmaster's Table that really set the stage for the craft beer thing. Craft beer is like Connecticut's number one expert. I export now. And hearing him talk was awesome. So that'll be a lot of fun. I kind of just learned a lot about it and it was from somebody who looked at me. And that's awesome. Because yeah. that means something. Yeah, that's, 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 that's where I'm going with that. Um, so the other thing is that, can we talk about mixing right before? As I'm getting ready to mix. Yeah, we can talk. <laughs> I, because, I, okay, so what I, I wanted to say 
I don't necessarily have a question about it. Mm -hmm. But I, so I will mix, like I said before, will mix anything with anything. Sure. Almost, right. Especially if I don't necessarily like a wine by itself. Right. Um, I'll mix a spirit with wine, ginger ales, and make sure that stays in my house. Um, but I had a, I was taken to a birthday brunch. Uh, yes, was the day I don't know. yesterday. <laughs> so that was Sunday. <laughs> wow, I'm like, what day of the week is it? Um, and we went to, uh, thank you, I'm gonna say thank you, shout out to Dr. Ann Corbett for brunch. Um, we went to the Palm House and their sangria was, I had asked her, I said, was it white or red? She said, well, it's, it's the base is Sauvignon Blanc and there's rosé in it. And I was like, mm, we'll see what this tastes like. It was. Nice. And orange slices at the bottom, and I think it was just the two wines. There was no juice in there, which is fine by me. But when we talk about, like, mixing, what's your take on mixing wine with wine, wine with spirits, wine with it? So number one, the, some of the first cocktails in the 18th century were called cobblers, and they had wine in them, sometimes sherry. Um, Sangria's got a history that's hundred years old from the hundreds of years old from the old world. Um, one of the cocktails that kind of helped lead the cocktail revolution called the New York Sour is a whiskey sour, and they have some wine, wine right at the top. I've heard of it, and yeah. I've seen pictures, and I would love to order it. There is a pedigree for it, for sure. So mixing two wines together is something I don't have as much experience with. It is something people would be afraid to do, and it is something that people would be like, oh, you just did that, but you know it's stupid, because guess what? Every wine you get is blended, and they do it at the vineyard. Mm -hmm. They do it at the, like, when you see winemaker on a label, they didn't grow a thing. They may not, some may even say wine blenders, or, or it, there are people who all they do is blend wine and then put it in the bottle. It might be a cool thing to kind of revolutionize. That could be the next social media trend, like what's your wine blend, what's your wine cocktail. Um, I'm here for it, and it's something I think I might try, because it'd be cool to identify wine X works with wine Y you want a little bit sweeter but still want some tannin, put these two together. If you want a little more acidity and you want that grassy flavor but not too much, if you like a little sharp, like that, that's got some legs to it. That could be a thing. So Taylor's in here innovating. She might be writing the next chapter, y'all. So isn't that basically what a, a blend is about, though? Uh, you know, you go and it's on the label. It says it's like a white blend, a red blend, mm -hmm. a blend. And I've had some really good bottle red blends. Right. Yeah. White blend so isn't some of the best that wines the, in the world? Are blends. So isn't that the same thing as like when you put together a sangria? So it's different because sangria has ingredients other than wine, almost right. always. Um, the only difference is with what Taylor's doing is. Nobody said it was okay yet. And to me, <laughs> most awesome things come before somebody said they were okay. That's my opinion. Um, okay. Ask for permission or ask for forgiveness. Right, exactly. Forgiveness more than permission. That's a fact. So we're going to do some um, blending or some putting together and post it on Instagram with what we blended in this particular. So you're not this blend is pretty good. <laughs> so, okay, so we're, we're going to blend that together and um, post it on Instagram and let people try and make their own and, you know, put it and see what they say. Well, I think it would be, I mean, especially when we're talking about, like, 
wine seems to be like a, it's a warm weather kind of thing. Like we know we can drink wine from January 1 to January 1 every year, right? But some folks, it's, it's like when you see it, that's when you know, you're more inclined to, to go out and buy, look for a certain label or the color of the, of the liquid in the bottle or whatever. So I'm, I would not be surprised if, and maybe not next summer, but at some point, rosé summer will sh may shift into blended something summer, right? Because more people are drinking wine and more young, a lot of younger people are drinking wine. And as younger people go into any, come into anything, wine, spirits, the world, anything, we know there's a change coming at some point. So whether that be new blends between wines and spirits or wines and wines and making that something that we, and I, the word normalize has been over, so overused on social media, but it's something that becomes so like, oh, you don't blend your wine? So how do you drink it? To, you know, to, it'll be a shift, I think, um, which may, I'm not gonna say force folks who are more traditional in, no, you do not blend wines, but it'll be okay, we don't have to, but I'm going to. And that's just the way of how we drink it now. Um, everything always comes back full circle. We see that in the outside of the wine world and how the world is working right now. Um, we just put a different face on it. So I think it's good we're going to see that um, and how folks talk about wine, how folks talk about spirits, drinking in general, because I mean at some point I won't be surprised, maybe not in my lifetime, the U.S. is going to have to say, well, 18 is good, good enough age. Well, it was for the longest time. Right, right it was. Yeah. And then at some point it was like, no, 21. Right. It's like, but also brains are still not developed. So I'm not quite sure what, the, you know what, fine. But at some point it'll swing, the pendulum will swing back. Yeah, there'll, there'll be enough of a deficit where they got to get them tax dollars. So. Well, that's why I'm trying to focus on promoting wine as a beverage, you not right. as a spirit. There you go. Okay, right. because... It comes from the ground, and mm -hmm. you know, you do whatever you can with it to be able to make it power. It's just like, um, you know, orange juice. You know, you blend several different types of oranges That's together fact. to make a drink, right. beverage. Um, I think when people start thinking about alcohol in general as a, a drink to enjoy versus a drink to get drunk. <laughs> I mean, I mean, hey, there's a time and a place for every, you know, for each of those, but. If it, the more of the conversation turns into a drink to enjoy, like I think it will, you're going to see more folks that are far more open to trying the reds that said before, like, oh, I don't drink red wine. Moscato may not be an entry point anymore at some point. Rose may not be. It may be somebody might have a cab, and be, you know, this was the first glass of wine I've ever had, and this, this was what turned me on to it. So, well, it's just like you know, it used to be, and I don't know where that that comes from the, the fruit wine industry. You know, mm -hmm. at one time it was, um, we used to talk about fruit wines like pineapple wine. Strawberry wine. Strawberry. Down Blue south they do that. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know what y'all <laughs> I've heard of them, but mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever But they used them. to be the, you know, the entry point in my generation. Yeah. I had a tomato wine actually in Glastonbury. It was, it was interesting. Interesting. Or pear wine. You know, right. they're really sweet. Um, and, I, and sweet is not always good. Um, it takes away from the flavor or the, the intrigue of what's going on to me. I'll say it's, I was going to say, sweet is best relative because 
this it's so funny because you're talking about sweet i know people who will stand firmly and i was a sugar water baby and i'm like so your teeth are going to fall out of your mouth versus you know the same folks who talk who you know what instru- how do you make kool-aid let's talk about like you know what i'm saying so if you have somebody who like you said earlier americans are like quick fast convenient sweet if so, that's something that down and dirty. Right. If that's something that we're used and then, to. Now, my family would be like, we don't put all that sugar in, in, in the Kool-Aid. Here, take this diet soda. So how smart were we? Because that even has the same taste, you know? Mm-hmm. I would always want to go to the friend's house where they would have that old plastic pitcher and they would yes. dump, boy. Measure. Mm-hmm. You measure during instructions? Half a bag of Domino. That's all you need. Just go until, until your ancestors tell you to stop. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so, you know, and so just kind of going forward, you know, we're going to talk, and maybe port wine is something we need to yes, look please. into. I love port wine. Port church wine, as those folks know One it of my as. friends love, that's the only thing she drink is port wine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. and that should be a conversation. Absolutely. You know, port wine, Madeira, and you know, sure. they all come from the same region of Portugal, um, and they all have a different purpose, but that, that's going to be a conversation oh, that we have. But the next time we come together, because our time is running short, we're going to talk about sake. And maybe, I don't know. And I want to talk about sake because it's not a grape. It's not made right. from a grape. Yeah. It's actually considered a beer. However, oh. it's drunk as a wine is in the same proportions, paired with food, and the process is okay. absolutely amazing. Oh, well, I, I want to have, have that so conversation next time yeah, about sake. Sure. Bring some sake to the table. Find out, maybe I can find, with your help, somebody who knows how to pair sake with something. You know. Uh, All the shout-outs he was giving, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) But I would like to thank everybody for tuning in. I hope you found our conversation lively and informative. You will try some of the things that we've put out here. Um, And have a good sipping time. (laughs) Um, Talk to you next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time for the Wine Draws podcast. The Wine Draw is produced and distributed by Paradox Studio. My production engineer is Kaz McDougall. And they can be reached at paradoxvision.com. And happy sipping.